guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more Calvary cats. Well, you heard it there, ladies and gentlemen. The great Bruce Dickinson. He has a fever, and the only thing that's going to cure it is more of us, I guess. There we go. Are we here for the, our people's fever? That's right. We've had a lot of sickness lately. Yeah. And so we thought this might uh, might uh, heal. Bring Did some we heal. really say that, though? Did we really say that? <laughs> I don't think we said that. <laughs> no, we didn't. We that was that just either. supposed to, to make you chuckle at the beginning. I see. And you didn't quite chuckle enough. Well, I was trying to listen to... First of all, I was trying to oh. think in my process in my mind, who is that? Who is that? Because I didn't know that? it was coming. Yeah, that was and, the point. And then I was trying to hear what he said. Yeah. And so yeah. that's why. Well, the people have clamored for another podcast, and we are here. Episode 69. You know, I was thinking uh, the other day, people often say at the beginning of podcasts, we've got a great podcast lined up for you. It's going to be a great podcast. I always think that's a little presumptive. It, it does seem so. You know, because I just think like, is that true? What if it's not? Maybe is a more humble approach like this is probably going to be lame, but it might be okay. Yeah, or is that kind of like a humble brag? That's a humble. Is that a humble brag? A humble I don't brag. Know. Like this is probably going to stink, but you know that sounds so. We might say something profitable if you stay <coughs> with it. If you stay with it, you, might it might something. not be profitable for a while. Now this one, this one's in danger of really not being profitable because. We decided for this first one to yeah. not have a topic, just to talk. Right. We've got some ideas. Some ideas we might throw have out. Have we ever discuss. done this before? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. We've talked about, we've had conversations where we thought, oh, we should have just recorded that, and it would have been a pretty good podcast, but we didn't do it. It does seem like that. Like, we'll have <laughs> conversations, like, I'll try to, I'll run something by you or whatever, yeah. and then we'll talk about it. We're like, that would have been a really good yeah. podcast. It seems to flow more natural when we don't think anybody's listening (laughs) to us. Yeah. I was actually going to play you something else from the other day when we were working with the great Bruce Dickinson. He he said this to you. I don't know if you remember it. Yes. Yeah. Really explore the studio space this time. You got it, Bruce. I mean, really. Yeah. Explore the space. Okay. I like what I'm hearing. Roll it. (laughs) I do remember that. Yeah. You remember that distinctly? I remember that. That was good. Good times. But, uh. Yeah, that was that fell flat. You know what clip that's from, right? No, that's the SNL more cowbell skit with Will Ferrell and Jimmy Fallon. And hmm. you haven't seen that? I might have. Yeah. Oh, I might. Now have, my joke remember. totally crashed. Other people will listen to this and I'm they'll sure know they, exactly they, they what I'm talking. It. They'll think it's genius. So that would have been a while ago then. With Will yeah, this Ferrell. is an old one. It's like the best SNL skit ever. Back oh. when SNL was like funny, funny. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So. Yeah, anyway. that was a long, long time ago. Long, right? long time ago. Uh, one other topic I wanted to get your interest on that's not, th- this is just all, this is going to be like a long time of just uh, us gabbing. Mm-hmm. People will probably shut us off, but I saw an ad the other day for, you know, the impossible meat stuff. I want your opinion on Where this. Where it's not really meat? Yeah. Okay. KFC now has impossible chicken nuggets. <laughs> no, they do <laughs> they, not. They do. Do they really? I saw it and I thought that. I mean, a chicken nugget's impossible to start with, but then when it's made out of not meat, ah. So I don't understand how something not made out of how, I, chicken, but supposed to be like chicken, would be better than chicken. Yeah, I don't know. And it is funny. This is funny because last night. We were getting Diorio's Pizza, which is right next to mm-hmm. KFC, 
And when we pulled in, Natalie goes, I wish KFC was, like, good. It's not anymore. In other words, like, you know, it seems like, and maybe that's just because I was a kid or something, but it seemed like when I was a kid, it was good. Yeah. You know, I like, so I don't ever eat KFC, but I saw their ad for their chicken sandwich. Mm-hmm. And I and my brother's like, oh, that looks really good. It they did were, look good, yeah. And I, I went and got one. it, and it was less than, less than. Uh, really, was yeah. not good. Now Popeye's chicken sandwich is by far the best one. Yeah, I've had a couple of good. The Popeye's, Popeye's chicken chickens. sandwich when yeah. they do theirs every once in a while is good. So meat that isn't meat, mm-hmm. but they come. What does it? What is it made of? Do you know? I have no clue. I wonder. Cat, well, I, w- I was gonna say cat. That's but meat. That's meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's weird, and it's, it's not it, something I would ever order. I don't, so. Yeah, no. I so anyway. I just if somebody's tried the KFC Impossible chicken nugget, all those other ones are bad. That just to me like pushed I, it over the I edge. Know. I know. I don't see what the problem with chicken is though. Well, you if you're a chicken? vegan, now are well. I don't know how much we want to talk about this, but vegans and vegetarians are they? distinct from one another yeah vegan won't eat any animal product so no milk it's so no the, for their thing it's a whole animal whole thing, animal preserving product. animals like we well i don't know about that or like, is it health related could be that i mean there's lots of different reasons people do it some health some ethical right we got to stop killing animals yeah that's producing what i'm animals, curious right? like it, yeah so I, spo- I suppose each one is different but vegan is just is a more strict vegetarian hmm. as far as i understand it that is not me but i am not, yeah exactly i'm not that either so i eat I eat meat. Anyway, well, that Good. was uh, six minutes of stupidity. All right, now what on to some serious Some things. serious things. What should we talk about seriously? What was topics. the thing earlier that we were going to talk about? So I have two thoughts. One, we talk about, uh, and I was thinking about this this morning, uh, confession of sin and why do Christians make it a practice to confess their sin? And I think specifically, like, I, in my rhythm of my life, that's when I'm doing my morning devotions, I'm spending time in God's Word, I'm praying, I'm doing that. Why do I do that? Mm-hmm. Is that a good thing to do? And I know that there have been people in our church that have asked me about that right. because it was kind of a point of contention Contention for a while. Yeah, it was. So uh, let's just talk about that for a few minutes. Maybe why is it, or do you think, is it important for Christians to confess sin, and why would we do that? Right. So um, there are some Christians, and they they believe and they it might land in what what's called the hyper grace movement mm-hmm. that's kind of right now is led by men like Andrew Far uh, Farley, Paul Ellis um in that these these are guys that are um saying that because you're under the new covenant and the new covenant included the forgiveness of sins there's no reason to ask forgiveness for sin some of them will say things like, you know, to confess sin is really kind of to focus on what we don't need to focus on and our sins have been cared for in Christ. Mm-hmm. And and so, and to me, sometimes they confuse asking for forgiveness and confession. Mm-hmm. So for a while, I used to think about it because I, I was thinking about that, I think when I was studying through Ephesians and then we had some people who attended Calvary who are very strong in this. Mm-hmm. Like, you do not ask forgiveness from God. You don't need to confess sin mm-hmm. um, in that. So it became a discussion, something I hadn't thought too much about. Mm-hmm. But I did, like, I, I can see in Ephesians 1 where it says, uh, 
you know, we have redemption. Right. And then he describes what he means by that, the forgiveness of sins. So um, I think with we we need to understand as Christians, you are already forgiven. Right. So just like we talked about Matthew 20 in Matthew 26, inaugurates a new covenant. One of the key features of the new covenant is I'm going to remember your sins no more. You're going to have forgiveness mm-hmm. through the blood of Christ. And it's a once for all forgiveness. Right. So well, let me just add on to that for a second, because if you're confessing sin from a posture of forgiveness, then that means like if you don't believe that you're forgiven and you have to confess sin in order to be forgiven, then the onus is upon you to name every sin. Right. Wouldn't that be right? You know, and if you don't confess a sin, that sin's not forgiven. Whereas when I go when I'm confessing my sin to the Lord, uh, I know there's things I've done that I don't realize I've done. You know, mm-hmm. s- there's sins of omission and sins of commission. Um, like we can't go. Well, I was reading somebody the other day. Like there, we can't go an hour or a minute of the day hardly without sinning. So it would be nearly impossible to ask for forgiveness for all those things. Right. And I think you know, but when, if people ask me that now, you see, at the time I would have said something to the effect of, "John says we must. We should. We are." Uh, uh, if we are confessing Mm -hmm. our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And I think in that context in first John one, he's, he's helping identify true believers. Right. And true believers are the ones who are saying I have sinned. Right. And the word confession means to say the same thing as, you know, or to agree with. So if we just take that literally, like we are the people who are continually saying to God, I have sinned. Mm -hmm. And we're looking to Christ, and we have that assurance of forgiveness, of continual forgiveness. If we say, as he said, we have no sin, then we're deceiving ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? But so I would, I I used to say something in the effect of, you don't have to say the words, please forgive me, or Mm -hmm. ask for forgiveness, because you already have that. But the confession of sin is something grammatically in 1 John that we're to be continually doing. Now, they have an answer to that, like the Farley crowd and everything. And they take the uh, John's letter to, to be in that section. He's speaking to the unbeliever. Right. And, and then in chapter two, it's a believer and this kind of thing. Which and is it's, a right interpretation. It is just terrible interpretation of that letter. And right. it, it's it's rooted in a, the assumption that he's writing to Gnostics and all this kind of thing. And it's like you really have to what you're doing in that thing is you don't like the idea of a Christian confessing sin or talking to God about sin or whatever. And. And so you have to go into a text like that and make it say something it doesn't very clearly say. So it's just a bad um, way of interpreting. But and I would, but I, but with the thing with asking forgiveness, what struck me when I went through the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus teaching his disciples to pray, and he and he taught them in that prayer, "Forgive us our trespasses." Yeah. Okay, as we forgive others our trespasses. That's in the same prayer where you're told to. Um, ask for daily bread mm. uh, and deliver me from temptation, you know. And and it appears as though this is the kind of format of prayer mm-hmm. that a Christian would be doing every day. Mm-hmm. And their answer to that question, their answer to that, and I had a lot of conv- yeah. conversations <laughs> with them, their answer to that is, no, well, see, Jesus said all he did in the Gospel of Matthew while they were still under the Old Covenant. Right. So he didn't intend for them to carry that in the new covenant. 
But what's interesting to me is when you get to what struck me is when you get to Matthew 28, Jesus has died, risen again, and standing before the disciples mm-hmm. with the commission and says, now go teach mm-hmm. disciples to obey all I've commanded you. Right. And certainly in Matthew's mind when he wrote that, Jesus's mind when he said it, it would include that Lord's Prayer. Right. And so I, I do think that, first of all, it's okay to be asking God for forgiveness when yeah. you sin. That's just a, that's a, a relational, um, it's a right relational response when you, you've sinned against the person of God. Right. And you can even say it in a way that you know you have the forgiveness, but it is in this relational context, right? Of, right. You, I think you could apply that like in a marriage or, you know, another close, a close human relationship where, you yeah. know, the person's going to forgive you. Right. You still do that. Right. Uh, Cause it, it has to do, yeah, with a right relationship, a healthy maintaining that, I guess, right. in a sense. I, but I, I mean, if a Christian says, you know, if they come to conclusion, I'm not going to say the words, please forgive me. Anymore. Right. Um, okay. Whatever. But the idea of, confessing sin to God, John, I think, makes it very clear that that's something we're to be doing. And I think it is, again, it's not something on your checklist. No. Oh, I'm going to check off. But talking to God every day about our sin is important because, and the author of Hebrews says, sin is deceitful. Mm -hmm. And it it has a callousing effect. If we put off that idea of talking to God and confessing our sins to Mm -hmm. God, and never do that. It's amazing how much of a stranglehold sin can yeah. get into our spiritual walk. Mm. And before you know it, you're kind of enveloped with yeah. sin. You know, you're like the psalmist who said, man, my sins are more than the hairs on my head. Mm. Uh, they're too heavy for me or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're in that position. And you find yourself just crying right. out to God. So I, you know, that's, I think that that's why we do it in our services too. It helps us recount the gospel each week as we confess sin and then we look to Jesus who died right. for it, right? It's very humbling too, right? That's another, there's a, a an element of acknowledging your ever-present need yep. to the Lord. The other thing that I was thinking about too, there is an element, and I'm not sure how to entirely phrase this, uh, it, the, it's the more subjective, but it's the experiential joy of fellowship yeah. with the Lord, yeah. right? Sin hinders that, Uh when I'm in that state, like the psalmist, the sins are more than the hairs of my head, right? My joy of the Lord is really diminished. And yeah. so confessing that and acknowledging it, uh, searching my heart for it, or the Lord searching my heart, uh, works wonders in that area. Yeah. So then we could agree that it it was a good idea for Jesus to teach his disciples to ask forgiveness mm-hmm. yeah. every day. Yeah. And, and the same with... Um, the same with uh, de- asking to be delivered from temptation. Yeah. It just shows that dependence. Yeah. But also then you're always reminded if you're properly trained in the gospel, you're always reminded of the gospel. Yeah. Right. It, it should always come back to that. A Christian should never deal with their sin without thinking about Christ and that's what he's right. done and how and, God has dealt with it. And that's why we, we need to make sure we're being clear to some people that that would read First John that says, if we confess our right. sins, he's faithful and just. And immediately they say, what if I didn't confess a sin? Right. What it, Did I forget a sin? Did I do this? That's not what John's trying to teach. No. He's comparing you to somebody who's saying, I don't have any sin. Yep. Okay. Well, true believers never say that. Right. We know we have sin. Right. 
and we're constantly talking to God about that. But it isn't a, I did this sin, I confess it, and that's what brought me forgiveness. All our forgiveness is in the blood of Christ, yep. in the cross work of Christ 2,000 years ago. So the this is all, and I think most interpreters have taken it this way f- for centuries, really. Yep. It's like a... It's it's a relational element mm-hmm. to our walk with Christ. And if you're you're struggling with that aspect of, or or think that somehow your confessing of sin relates to your justification or whatever, you need to go down to chapter two, right, where he says that Jesus Christ is the propitiation for our sins. Yeah. Right. And that's that's a done deal right yep. there. You and know, the and blood of Jesus cleanses us. Cleanses from us. Yep. Right. And he's interceding for us and advocating for us. Right. So, so the confession isn't a this for that. No thing it is just what we do as yeah. christians cool i hope that's helpful for people is think about that uh do you want to tackle one more topic yeah all right the other topic that i wanted to talk about was doubt you mm-hmm. talked about this in a sermon uh a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. it was around christmas time yeah and uh, i just thought there was a few more things we could just add to that because like doubters if you wrestle with the with doubt uh there's things that the Lord has to say to you. What was your point in the sermon when you were yeah. talking about well, that? Well, the point when I was saying doubters, I'm not talking to people who were doubting salvation. Mm-hmm. A lot of people struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Am I really saved? Mm-hmm. Even people that I've known and I know they're saved. Yeah, <laughs> right, <laughs> It's like, exactly. I know you're saved. And yet they're, they're like doubting that. Yep. I, that's a different kind of doubt, um, doubting personal salvation. So uh, that's not what I was talking yeah. about. Th- what I was talking about was doubting the truthfulness of God's word. Mm. And my main emphasis on that was doubt is dangerous mm-hmm. and it's a sin mm-hmm. to doubt. God's word is a sin. Okay. And, and, uh, because God wants to say something yeah, and it be immediately believed and received. Right. And so, in that the devil is really the father of doubt mm-hmm. as he is the father of lies. I mean, he brought in the, fr- that's how he tempted Eve, right? Did God really say? Right. So, so that was my whole point. And it was like, don't foster doubt mm. in the sense of keep going down that trail. Right. Fight it like you would any other sin. So it's the same as I would say to lust or your anger mm-hmm. or your pride. It's dangerous. Mm-hmm. It it's used to the devil, so confront it right away. Mm-hmm. And it was in the context of that week I had done some thinking about and and watched a video of a of a former Christian, well known Christian who uh, gave up the faith mm-hmm. and walked away from Christianity entirely. Right. And it all started when he started having doubts about the truthfulness of the Bible mm-hmm. beginning in Genesis. Mm-hmm. And then it just grew from there mm-hmm. and he kept feeding it. Mm-hmm. And he read from people that were glad to put that out right. there and show right. how the Bible is. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's, it's something that's so dangerous and it gets a foothold and then it grows in somebody and it, and we're seeing this, you know, de- these deconversion, these deconstruction mm-hmm. stories all over the place mm-hmm. with well-known pastors and Christians and musical artists and mm-hmm. that, and they're walking away from faith. So that was my whole point. That's kind of the point. So here's, uh, so, um, so whether you're 
you're the kind of person that's doubting in the sense of doubting the truthfulness of God's word. And I think here my my thinking on this is that everyone struggles with doubt in different ways at different times. Mm-hmm. You know, some are going to doubt, yeah, well, is God's word believable? Others are going to doubt the security of their salvation or various things like that. And I think there's some similarities in how all of those people are to respond uh, to respond to those doubts. One, I think you have to think about like the heart attitude. So like if your heart attitude is to try and deconstruct in a sense the the faith once for all delivered to the saints, right? You're going to go outside of God's word to try and answer that. So I think point number 1, if you're if you're in that doubting area, don't leave God's word and go find <laughs> Right. You know, don't go look for the scientific answer as right. to why the Bible is true or not true. I think, um, so you just got to be careful there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the other thing that I was thinking about in this is that that the Lord does meet doubters. Mm-hmm. And three instances came to my mind. The one with Abraham and Sarah, when Sarah laughs in Genesis 18, when a, uh, the Lord shows up and says, uh, a year from now I'll visit you and you have a son. And they're like, how could this be? I'm old. And she laughs. Mm-hmm. But the Lord meets that doubt. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is in Mark 9 with the man uh, and his sick son that comes to Jesus. I believe, but help my unbelief. Right? There's doubt that's there. And then the other is Thomas, doubting Thomas. Right? That's what he's known for. And the thing that struck me with, with all those things, the Lord always meets those people. Doubt is never encouraged as something to be like, yeah, you should be a doubter. Mm-hmm. But the Lord always meets people in their doubts with, and, and he shows up with the truthfulness of his word. Right. And so I think that that should be an encouragement to people that may be doubting. Yeah. Um, is the Lord meets you right. in that. Yeah. And, um, and just, the, and, and when we think about it with, with sin, like all sin, like the Lord is so gracious and kind and merciful to us and redeems us from that. So he can do with doubt. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that's the whole point is treat doubt like any other sin you right. deal with. Don't put it in its own category. I mean, if you think about it, just what we've said, we we are those who confess our sin. Right. If you struggle with doubting God's word, right. confess that right. and ask God's help over it. And then, like you said, turn into scripture. Mm-hmm. What does scripture say about itself? It's right. truthfulness, you know, and um, and that. And so don't. Don't entertain doubt any more than I would tell somebody not to entertain lust or pride right. or whatever. Just what the scripture says about any other sin, about cutting it off and and mortifying it. Do it with your doubt because it is dangerous. Right. Just like every other sin right. is dangerous if constantly given into or whatever. Right. And knowing that Jesus came to save all kinds of sinners, including doubters. Right. You know, and we all know the well-known saying of the Father who needed Jesus to heal his son, you know, I believe, but help my unbelief, right? right. That's a confession of sin. Right. I mean, as I believe, but I still have unbelief, help me. Yeah. And Jesus responds to that. That's yep. how he does with any sin. Right. And I and I think, though, like, specifically, if you think about a, a doubter, that they need to know a specific truth about the character of God, and that's his gentleness mm-hmm. towards sinners yeah. and his kindness. Right. Because I th- the, the doubt is going to perpetuate ideas about God in mm-hmm. regards to how could he be, how could he invite me to discover more of who he is? Yeah. I'm doubting him. 
Yeah. You know, and, and I think like, if you think about those three instances of Abraham, you know, the father and Thomas Mm -hmm. right there, there are, those are examples of the Lord, not even like openly rebuking them, Mm -hmm. but just saying like to Thomas, you know, here, see my hands, Mm -hmm. see my feet. Don't right. doubt, believe. Right. Uh, so I think the Lord is saying the same thing to, to anyone. Yeah, it's interesting, doubting. like, um, when we think about that in the context, connecting that to the confession of sin, no matter what sin we're struggling with, our sins tend to evoke within us harsh thoughts of God. Like, mm-hmm. he's got to be so mad mm-hmm. with me right now. Or doubting his... Uh, love or commitment or whatever yeah. could come with with any kind of sin. Mm-hmm. But remembering just the gentleness we see in Jesus for anyone who is right. a, con- a sin confessor. Right. That is it. It's yeah. like the ones who received the harshest treatment were the non-sin yeah. confessors. Yeah. Everyone else, it's pretty much... Yeah. There's just total grace yep. to you, you know. And well, I, it's funny you bring that out because, like, I'm reading in Jeremiah to to teach that, and and the Lord brings that out through Jeremiah, right? Like, they refuse to to see the nation of Israel refuses to see their sin. They actually harden their hearts and stiffen their necks against it. And He's like, oh, for them, judgment will yeah. fall heavy, but for those who see their sin, He's open uh, with mercy. Right. Yeah, it doesn't seem like you can think through. Any of Jesus's interactions right. or that. And you know what's an encouraging, along the, this just conversation, an encouraging letter then is the letter to the Corinthians because if you think about how sinful those people were mm-hmm. and how messed up it was, I mean, just think about getting drunk at the Lord's Supper. Yeah. <laughs> and even they weren't being told to be put out of the church. Right. You know, they, It was like Paul begins that letter with, no, you know, they're saints in Christ, you know, and... Um, and so there's just this tone of gentleness to sway to sinners and those have messed up yeah. when there's a repentant repentance and a, and a, and a confession, even if there's not a heartfelt, this is another thing. Like sometimes when people are struggling with sin, they, they don't want to confess or anything until they feel yeah. repent or whatever. That doesn't no. work. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I always say just say that you don't feel repentant yeah. and then confess that sin too <laughs> as yeah. well as the other sins you're doing. I mean, just, yeah. it's like just go to God with all of that and then ask him to help. Right. You know. What is the hymn, uh, Come Ye Sinners, if you tarry till you're better, you will never come at all. Right. If you yeah. wait to deal with it until bef- you feel right about it, right. right, you'll never come. That's right, yeah. 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 Anything else? Uh. No, not really. I was just doing a little reading on, um, I don't know, have you ever heard, seen the video with R.C. Sproul from way back in the 80s when um, he was talking about the idea of quorum deo? Have you ever heard that expression? Yeah, I've heard the expression quorum yeah, deo, like which is... Uh, in the presence of yeah. God or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of life is mm-hmm. to live in the presence of God, knowing that he's with you, always seeing you, mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. And... He made the comment, and I was just thinking about this at the beginning of New Year. What a way to want to live this year! Mm. And thinking about, uh, um, it, he he was talking about the fact that that integrity people that live like this live in integrity. So the way mm. they are in private is the same in public or home and mm. different things. And I think just watching that, at least for me, or in reading the transcript of it, I was thinking, 
wow, I'm not always like that. Hmm. So like I would like to live, you know, I want to strive to live in the presence of God at all hmm. times, like in that communion with him, hmm. but also living in that godly way that understands we, we are to have multiple personalities yeah. in the sense right. of we should be consistent in that. And, but it also is like a, a thing that sounds amazing. It sounds wonderful right. to always live in the presence of God. And you're always in the presence of God, but to live as though you really believe that's mm. true. And I was thinking at the beginning of the year, it's a good thing to think about. And so if you haven't listened to it, yeah. go and listen. Maybe to we that. should. We'll link to that in our show notes. Yeah, so that'd be good. That? There's an article it. from Ligonier on that and then from R.C. Sproul. And then I think there's a video on YouTube for it. I've been uh, trying. Well, I want to commit to memorizing more scripture, but uh, you quoted a couple weeks ago in your sermon, Second Corinthians 5, 9 and 10. So whether we are at home or away. We make it our aim to please him, yeah. for we almost give an account uh, before the judgment seat of Christ for the things we've done in the body, whether good or evil. Right. right? That's quorum Deo. Yeah. Right? Living in the presence of God, whether we're at home or away, make it our aim to please him. Yeah. That's good. Well, that seems like a good place to land this podcast. Sounds like it. Uh, you have homework to do. You need to go watch that SNL skit. Oh, okay. Yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, this is a required assignment. And now people can give an assessment of whether this was an exciting podcast or not yeah because <laughs> we didn't say we didn't say it was going to be we'll leave that up to the listeners so we'll leave it up to them we appreciate everyone listening to our podcast we hope our conversation has been helpful and made you think if you have uh, topics that you want us to discuss i kind of like this format of just freewheeling different topics off the cuff if you have more things that you want us to discuss let us know uh contact us by emailing us at thecalvarycast at gmail.com. If you're part of our church, come up and talk to us. Send us a text. Give us a phone call. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. Until next time.